1: reality radio for a really great future we're talking real money
2: hello friends welcome to our little get-together that we call talking real money i'm don mcdonald back for a brief visit as i travel around the country (laughs) I just can't sit still. I have to get out of Florida in the summer, and then I get out of Florida in the summer, what happens to the rest of the country? It gets bloody hot. I can't catch a break. I'm Don McDonald. Tom's over there. Even though we're thousands of miles apart, I'm looking right at him. And uh, you can call us here on our little program at 855-935-TALK. 855-935-8255. And this hour... Oh, one of my favorite topics will be discussed, and that is the wonderful, always forthright and transparent insurance industry selling products that they shouldn't be selling anyway that are investment products, and and, and they're, they're particularly bad about, well, taking advantage of healthcare workers and teachers.
3: Yeah, they seem to. I wish oh God, that drives me nuts more than anything else. It really does. Uh, and so this, <laughs> yeah. Here's the, here's 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 the bottom line: equitable financial life insurance. Uh, they just paid fifty million dollars, which sounds like a lot of money, to to settle a Securities well, it Exchange is to Commission. Us. Yeah, to settle SEC fraud charges uh, for for telling educators, telling teachers that the annuity fees that they were paying the variable annuity fees they were paying were zero zero mm-hmm. when now, just in reality to, just to make, I yep. be, go ahead yeah but i want to be
2: real clear about something the, the, because annuities can be very confusing there is only one type of annuity that is regulated by the securities and exchange commission and that is the variable annuity so this is the only annuity over which they have jurisdiction thankfully go ahead
3: Yeah. And so here they are. Uh, They omitted the fact that separate account expenses range from 10 basis points to 150 basis points of net assets and the operating charges of the portfolio between 55 basis points, which is 0.55 and 2.26. So just imagine the average uh, when we look at these things is somewhere around 3 percent, somewhere around 3 percent. And they were telling Wait, you, nah, nothing. End, though? What's yeah, the I mean, high end? Well, here we're looking at, uh, you know, 4%. Five? Almost 5%? It's, it's nuts. And they were telling them, pardon me, you know, no, you're only paying fees of $30 a year. Now, that's disturbing seem- in and of itself. And as you said, this is a product that I don't think, I just don't think people who are working should ever even consider an annuity maybe an immediate annuity after you retire but that's a different topic you know how many, you know how many their 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 sales last year their annuity sales at equitable last year 14 and a half billion dollars in sales now so again 50 million it's, it's, it's unconscionable to you. It really is 50, billion, 50 million, pardon me, to you. Sounds like a lot of money. But when you sell $14.5 billion dollars with a B in annuities in 2021, you made more than 50 million. A lot more. I mean, it's this, outrageous.
2: This is another case of of a fine being the cost of doing business. They don't. They the fines like this. They just you know like water off the back of a duck. It's like eh, it didn't bother me a bit. And and this is the norm. This is what bothers me. It's not even just this equitable thing. It's the fact that if you go in to your employer's. 403b sign-up event uh, in the cafeteria at your school or your hospital, you are going to be sold variable annuity products. Almost 100% of the people that will come to talk to you and tell you what you should be doing with your money are going to be insurance salesmen and salesmen, uh, people. And why is that? Because of these fees. These are profit centers.
3: Indeed, they are. In fact, a guy who wrote a book, called, you know, this book, Kentucky Fried Pensions. <laughs> it's a great title. Uh, I love the called, title. He called the settlement a big positive for teachers who were the primary victims. But he added the fine of 50 million dollars, extremely low, given the billions of dollars in fees likely paid by educators. He also pointed out that most educators, this is the part that really drives me nuts, Don. They have no idea the fees they're paying. They have no idea the amount these insurance companies make. When you take your money to an insurance firm, you have no idea what what you're paying them. Again, if you want to pay somebody 3%, that's your business. I don't think you should, but at least you should have the right to know how much you're shelling out for the advice and for the sales, right? Oh, Oh, this is
2: another one of my pet peeves. Uh, it, it the, the lack of transparency in so much of the financial services industry. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk more about this, though, because I, I saw a piece in Kiplinger's that was almost encouraging you to use annuities in your 401k. 855-935-TOM. Don and Don are talking real
1: money.
2: A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com.
1: Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money.
2: If you don't want to get really ripped off, you need to listen to this show every week. Listen to our podcast. Call us at 855-935-TALK. Get better informed because most of the financial services industry, and I'm going to go I'm going to go so far as saying probably 90% of the financial services industry does not want you to know how much they are paid, how much you are paying them, what the downsides of their products are, because they are almost all trying to make a commissioned sale. That's the bulk of this industry is people making commissioned sales.
3: It is. And that brings me to a question. Uh, This comes from Bill. Who says, are there cases where someone might want to, and it might be in their best interest to, buy securities or insurance from their financial advisor? Uh, What if the security or insurance product could be sold without a commission? In other words, are there circumstances where it's okay to work with someone who is selling products and collecting a commission?
2: No. (laughs) No. No. Why? Why? why would you want to pay them a commission let's say for example you you are one of those people who actually needs an annuity well then don't buy it from a commissioned agent go find a no load annuity you can go online now and find no commission immediate annuities. Now that, by the way, is the only annuity we would ever suggest to anyone buy. And that's for someone who wants to make sure they're getting X amount of money every month for the rest of their life. Somebody who needs that, that high degree of certainty. But as for paying commissions to buy a mutual fund, never is it in your best interest. Never.
3: What about duly registered someone who, who works with a firm that is a registered investment advisor and a broker dealer? Well, the problem with that
2: is, is they're is they, they're not required required to wear the hats I created that uh, tell you when they're acting in your best interest and when they are providing merely suitable advice. The industry is a mess right now, by the way, because of this stupid form BI that the Securities and Exchange Commission brought out to try to appease all of the folks out there who said, all everybody needs to act as a fiduciary. Well, they brought out this form BI, best interest. It's not fiduciary. It's best interest so they've they've muddied the waters even more they have they have created a, a new level of opacity uh, so now you don't even you can't even tell anymore who's looking out for you and who's not the sec messes things up sometimes more than they help because they're under political pressure from the big brokerage firms and the insurance companies
3: so again our advice would always be Why would you put yourself in a position where a product could get sold to you? I'll give you an example because it came up this week. Uh, I mentioned last our last podcast about a woman I talked to this week who has works with a registered investment advisor that is duly registered. They haven't done anything bad to her yet, although the funds she's in are outrageously expensive. They charge her, I think it's 1.5% a year, which I feel is high. But at her bank, it's a fascinating... So at her bank, they've got her in, I think it's in an IRA and a Roth, in very high expense mutual funds. Now, she recently came into some money through an inheritance. And the bank, of course, notices these things because they see all this money a in big your account. Money.
2: Yeah, a big chunk, of, big chunk of money came in the account.
3: Oh. And guess, guess what the representative in the bank wants to put her into? American funds. Nope, an annuity. Nope. Oh, Sell her into works. an annuity. Yeah. So, and she was like, well, you know, what do you think? So we walked through her circumstance. Well, her husband has a pension. They each have social Mm -hmm. security. They have good savings. I said, you know, sort of, why do you need to annuitize money that you've saved? Give it to somebody else, have a contract with them to pay you back. You could do this yourself. You don't need to hire them. But the point of the matter was you're not getting fiduciary advice from the bank they are incentivized to sell you the annuity and make a lot of money. And here's another problem I see. I would, ah, this came up the week before where someone came in, had just been sold an annuity. And we gave her the list of questions, Ask asking this, this, and this. She goes back to the person who sold her the annuity and said, wow, you made this much money selling me the annuity. And it was like $18,000. It was a lot. What's his response? Well, no, I didn't make that. See, and that's a white oh, lie. So okay. the firm took that in. I didn't make, it. I didn't make. yeah, in. I mean it's I like only well, got yeah, half did. Of it. exactly. I was like, Well, that's not I mean, so yeah. And they they don't put any of this in writing, of course. It's all just disgust and stuff. It drives me but crazy. Wouldn't it be
2: nice in a perfect world if the person to, from whom you got financial advice would just right up front say, hey, here's exactly how much I I am going to make. My firm is going to make $9,000. I'm going to make $9,000. I wanted you to be aware of that because I think it's only right that you know how much of your money, even though it's hidden away, is going to pay us because it, it, it is your money that's going to pay them. Wouldn't it be nice if there were advisors out there who would do that? Well, the fact of the matter is there are it's just not the ones you're working with. Your broker at Merrill or at Ameriprise or Ed
3: Jones. Morgan
2: Stanley, Ed Jones, they are unlikely. <laughs> I'm giving them a huge benefit of the doubt. They are. They're not ever going to do this. But they are unlikely to tell you when you're about to buy into a mutual fund or an annuity, they, hey, you're going to spend this much to do that. I've never heard of anyone doing that. No, effort. they do not do that. No, they
3: want they want to hide it.
2: But what about that little tiny percentage of people who are 100% fiduciary advisors? Do they tell you up front how much money you're going to pay them in, in its entirety? Yeah. No. They
3: do. Not no. Kind of. Not well, always. They do because you know what the fee is. You, that's true. you are told you know up front. Fair. That's a good point. Yeah, that's
2: fair. We charge 1% per year. You have a million dollars. That's 10000 bucks.
3: That's true. You do know that. That's that's true. So that. It, but again, this gets back to sort of hiring the right person. Right. And I do worry that many people are not hiring the right person. They're not working with a 100% fiduciary, and they're paying a price. I'm going to give a phone number again, 855-935-8255, 855 Nine three five talk. We're happy to take your questions and calls. I uh, got another one here. Well enough before. No, that's all right. I give another one here from Jerry. Okay. uh On the continuum of conservative to high risk taker, where would you place me with a portfolio of fifty percent BND, that's the aggregate bond exchange traded fund, and fifty percent VBR, that is the U.S. small cap value exchange traded fund. On the risk quiz, I was in the 60s and a 70-30 portfolio was suggested. Thanks for your insight. You go ahead and give your answer. <laughs> it's, I'll give mine. It's,
2: it's, it's, it's um, wow, that's really focused on <laughs> small cap value. I, I, I don't like that portfolio very much.
3: No, I'd, I'd like to see you we'll, own. We'll talk about the other things yeah. I think you should own if you're going to just, if you're yeah, going to be 50% in stock, 50% in bonds.
2: And, and you really 70-30 is about where you should be, but it's hard to, Do that with this. 855-935-Talk is our number. Give us a call. Let us help you do better. Tom and Don are talking real money. Tom and I created Vestory to help everyone become a better investor, even those who will never be clients. Let one of our advisors help you start your financial plan or solve a money problem free with no obligation or high-pressure sales pitch at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com
1: for your real life and real future Tom and Don are talking real money 855
2: 935 8255 which just happens to spell talk is our phone number I'm Don McDonald on the road and Tom is in his personalized studio in uh, in the in the you're Not going uh, to call it by which in
3: call the it great
2: hall you. of the Model Military Air Museum
3: Okay, that that works. That works. By the way, thank you to the the woman who wrote and said who who has to who has to dust the planes and uh, <laughs> no one dusts the planes actually. So sometimes when I don't, get up to put a new plane touch up, his I realize plane with a duster. Oh yeah, I notice how bad it is. Uh, Jerry wrote us in and said uh, the yeah. continuum for conservative. What about a portfolio fifty percent aggregate bond? That's what the BND is, and fifty percent U.S. small cap value now. That is not a very well balanced portfolio. Other than your balance between one limited asset class of stocks and bonds, that's not how I would manage my money. Well, what it what it? I guess
2: if you tried to really sit down, and I tried to do that during the break, sit down and calculate the it, it's it, it's probably equivalent in volatility, historic volatility, to about a 70 70-30. Because small-cap stocks tend to be more volatile. But the point, that's not the point. The point is, we want a portfolio where the you smooth, you really smooth the ride out all along the way. That you don't just want U.S. stocks. You don't just want international, like anybody does that. You want U.S. and international. Because they will move. To, it's, it's all about calming your emotions rather than the right balance between stocks and bonds. We need a little bit of everything in there.
3: Yeah. And so the the point of the matter is the VBR, U.S. small cap value. You're correct if your assumption is, Jerry, that U.S. small cap value stocks have been very good performers for a long period of time. That is true. But they certainly are not year to year or even decade to decade. They can have very long periods of underperformance, which could lead you to say, well, I give up on that. I got to move over to this right? Like a lot of people moved over to large cap growth stocks at the end of 2021. And what's happened? Well, those have been the ones that got creamed the most this year. If you're trying to go simple, we give three funds at our at our website, I think at Vanguard, Fidelity, and at Schwab. If you want to work a little harder, I think a lot harder, Paul Merriman gives a 10 fund portfolio. And that 10 fund portfolio, and even our three fund is going to include US large cap stocks, US large cap growth stocks, international, emerging markets, REITs, all those other things that we think should be in the portfolio for as Don correctly pointed out. Not just stability, but I would also point out that over the long haul, you're probably you're gonna make the similar type of money, and you're not gonna have that huge risk of just having it all in the really volatile US small cap value shares.
2: And the other thing about the small cap value is that it is a much smaller portfolio. You you don't have as many stocks, and there's a there's a lot to be said for the psychological benefit of knowing that you own the global economy. As a matter of fact, uh, VBR. I was just looking at the portfolio, and then it blinked off my screen for a minute, and uh, I, I was looking at the 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 biggest stocks in the portfolio, and. Most investors are going to be a little afraid of these kinds of things. I mean, who's ever heard of Quanta Services? That's the number one holding. Or Molina Healthcare. Now, Atmos Energy, I happen to know, because when I lived in Virginia or had a place in Virginia, that's who I paid my natural gas bill to, but Ah, it's not a a big household name. Oh, and by the way, number four, Tom, you'll you'll find this one fascinating. Number four in that portfolio is
3: LPL. Really? It's number four. Linko old private, private leverage. Wow, they're yeah. number four. Wow. L-E-L. Glad to know we're investing in uh, in that. So, um, yeah, yeah this, that's an unbalanced portfolio is how I would put it. It's not the way that we think. You know we believe in diversification. You know we believe already in low cost, which you do get from those two funds. But you really don't want to just have sort of a teeter-totter with massive risk on one side and then um, – bonds on the other by the way interesting week for bonds which we can talk about here in a couple of minutes finally they did they they actually had a good week what you're seeing is some of those bond funds are now getting new bonds at higher rates as we Uh discussed so there you go We mentioned
2: that 855-935-TALK is our phone number 855-935-8255 give us a call
1: tom and don are talking real money
2: is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis. But don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at vestory.com. No sales pitch guaranteed. That's V E S T O R Y.com.
1: For a really great future. We're
3: talking real money. Thanks for joining us here on Talking Real Money. We've got a half an hour left on our program and plenty of time for you to call with your questions. Anything financial, money related. Yeah, we always want to know about investing, but we'll take other topics. 855 855- nine three five eighty two fifty five i'm tom Don mcdonald uh, happily joining us from the road in georgia and joe joins us on the program hi joe
4: hi i'm here yes go ahead um an old lady who's now dead and she died at 97 years old she was in a rest home her son and daughter sold her house and um, they gave her the money, and she took about 300000 of it, and she had an agent before, and she put it with them, and they put it into annuities with no beneficiary. Then she croaked. And up front, of course, the uh, annuity fee was paid to the broker, the lady. How does this daughter wait, now, wait. with an old will that was 40 years old, and the husband dead for 40 years, how do they get to this money?
3: Well, I mean, I would start with the state insurance commissioners because it's outrageous to well, sell an older, okay. an elderly person, an annuity. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, I,
2: I, I want to clarify though. Just, I want to make sure that I know what we're talking about. So she took three hundred thousand dollars and she bought an an immediate annuity, an income annuity.
4: I don't know what kind she bought, but it, she put it with her broker. Yeah.
2: Okay, and and is your and broker there no saying there is. Theory. Right, right, right. Okay, but is the broker saying there is now no value left in that annuity because she died?
4: No, no, no. Yeah, I
2: is just there, think value it's just a there matter of... this is what I'm trying to get at. It, I guess this, there's because, value. I don't know
4: what. I don't know whether it was a fixed annuity or a variable. That's what we have to know. know that's what we have to
2: know. That's the things that those are the things that are important to know. What what the executor? Who is the executor of the estate?
4: Um, the um, daughter.
2: Okay. What the daughter needs to do as the executor is contact the broker and find out how much of that $300,000 is still in the account. Because that's really where you start to get into how bad this was. If this is a situation where a broker sold her uh, a, a fixed in, a fixed income annuity that was paying a small, in, a small interest rate, then... It's probably totally legal and there wouldn't be anything she could do. Now, if the the broker put her into an immediate annuity uh, 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 that would, upon her death, stop paying out income and he sold it to her at 90 – no, as a matter of fact, I don't believe there are any insurance companies that would accept no. – an no, immediate annuity at that age. They wouldn't take it. She's too old. So there is some value there. And whether something wrong was done or not is going to be debatable. Morally, there's maybe an issue. Legally, there probably isn't. And let me tell you, you can go to the insurance commissioner, but nine, 99 times out of 100, they're not going to do anything.
3: Okay. Just to make sure I'm clear with you, Don, you're saying start with the person who sold the annuity. Yeah. Find out how, how much is there the executor the uh, personal representative of the estate starts there and says you know what are we looking at how much money is involved here and then work your way and again in my case in my take it, it there may be some value going to the insurance commissioner but don's right take the easy route first talk to them does that help joe
4: yes but um what happened uh on friday uh yesterday was that the um it was Jones and company that the lady was with agent. They told the daughter and son that they had to bring proof up to the County where she died. And, um, they had to go Uh there and they had to present themselves and they had to sign all these papers and whatnot and prove that they are even the son and daughter. And, um, then maybe they can talk to somebody and otherwise they can't because there's yeah. no beneficiary what, here's what has to on happen. The there
2: is a process. Annuity. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. It now, it, it now goes to probate because there's no beneficiary on it. Again, that's not something that you're really going to be able to nail the broker for doing. He should have suggested it, but he's not required to do so. So here's what is going to happen. She's the the daughter as the executor will need to get a certified copy of the death certificate then she will need to take the will showing her as executor to them sign the paper saying yes i am the executor this person has died and then she can take that money out and distribute it as part of the estate it does add some extra work certainly but it's probably not illegal Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no obligation meeting with a vestry advisor at vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's V E S T O R Y.com.
1: Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money.
2: And we go from Tom alone to. Don Alone. Hi, I'm Don Alone. Uh, we're having it's one of those days where we're having a little technical problem here, a little technical problem there. So now it's affecting Tom. But hey, I'm here for you. Give me a call at 855 935 talk 855-935-8255. Heck. Just the fact that I can do this from a hotel room in Georgia is pretty phenomenal when you think about it. So it's gonna if it glitches once in a while, it's to be expected steve you're up next welcome to talking real
5: money well thank you for taking my call and by the way thank you for the information about florida i was the guy who talked to you back in february at uh, retire meet oh my pleasure yeah, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, my question is about my deferred comp fund. Yeah. I have have one at work, or did until I retired. Uh, at the first of the year, it was worth about a hundred thousand, and it was a uh, target date twenty twenty fund grow um, price. And of course, now it's dropped. Its value is about eighty eight thousand. Now I, I retired at the end of March. So I'm not contributing to it anymore, so I can't ride out the ups and downs of the market like I normally would do. Mm -hmm. So is there a bond fund I can put this in? I think you guys had uh, mentioned one once upon a time.
2: Well, there are a whole lot of bond funds. I mean, the, the bond fund that we kind of defer to is the Vanguard Total Bond Index, uh-huh. Because it's just so well-diversified, which uh, we, we we would suggest now the ETF, which is BND. That's its symbol. Because it owns pretty much every high-quality bond created in the United States, taxable bond, corporates and governments, although of investment grade or better. So they're higher-quality paper.
5: Okay, so that's the Vanguard. Uh, what was the symbol again? BND. Vanguard E N D uh, no B N D
2: boy B N D yeah B N D it, it, it basically bond without the O in it. <laughs> okay, gotcha.
5: All right, and um, what kind of a return have those
2: has that thing been yeah. producing? Uh, I've been on vacation for a week, so I, I should probably look that up. Hold on, let me take a peek. I haven't, I haven't looked. I haven't looked at the market. I haven't looked at a single number in a whole. I was truly on vacation. I didn't even look at my account. Let's see. It is currently the SEC yield is three point three six percent, which is a pretty good yield. That's not bad for hopefully not too much risk. It's not too much risk because it is a shorter duration fund, um, and again, the quality is super, super high. So there, you will not see bond defaults in this, except in a, a serious recession or great depression. And because the portfolio is so big, it, they have. Um, let's see, I think it's the number is huge. They have oh, they have seventeen thousand bonds in the portfolio.
5: Oh, okay. Well, that sounds uh, sounds like something I think I would probably want to get into. And obviously, uh, how do I how do I actually get that done? Now,
2: uh, you can buy it. Do you have a brokerage right account with any firm? I'm sorry. Do you have a brokerage account with anyone? No. With not with Schwab, or then you ju- you can go directly to Vanguard. Well, I'm sorry. I'd do a T Rowe Price where the where the deferred yeah. comp fund is. Yeah, but that would be probably just a mutual fund account, not a brokerage account. Yes. And you need a brokerage account to buy and sell ETFs. But the reason you want ETFs is because they're so inexpensive. The expense on this fund is three basis points, three one hundredths of one percent. That is just ridiculously cheap. So you want to get an account with, you can even go straight to Vanguard. You can open one at their website at Vanguard.com and buy it in that account. Okay. I will go ahead and do that then. Well, good luck to you, sir. Thanks for the call. 855-935-TALK. 855-935-8255. Still got a few minutes left. In this exciting hour of the program, at the beginning of the hour, we talked a little bit about annuities. And I, just yesterday, read an article in Kiplinger, which is a publication that I hate to say this It's like so many publications I used to respect them Until they started acting Less 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 objective And more uh, into it for the money And I don't know that that's the case With this article But we mentioned that we are really bothered By 403Bs That offer annuities as investments. They shouldn't be offered. But in the SECURE Act, which is the Setting Up Every Community for Retirement Enhancement Act, what a cute name, uh, the government encouraged 401k plans to start offering annuities. Now, we think this was a terrible idea. Their reasoning was that they thought the people who have 401k plans should have the option of setting up An immediate annuity like a pension plan that they should basically be able to turn their 401k into a pension plan. What wasn't mentioned was the fact that they've always had that ability. Anyone who had a 401k and retired could take that money out and use it to buy an annuity at the You know, an immediate annuity at the insurance company of their choice. But instead, they've now handed this thing off to your company, to the company that runs your 401k, and they are supposed to get you an annuity. Now, whether they get you a good one or not is debatable. They might get you better deals. They also might not get you better deals. They, they may very well have an arrangement with somebody who is a friend of the owner of the company. And there are also downsides to some of these products. There are, uh, there are higher costs, basically lower costs in some cases for women, higher costs for men. But the biggest deal is the fact that it's confusing the entire retirement savings business. Annuities have no place in retirement plans, as far as I am concerned, as far as Tom is concerned, as far as anybody who, ha- who is a truly respected member of the financial community, because they almost always have higher costs. I could say always, but there's always exceptions. Uh, but even the immediate annuities are not necessarily a good thing to have in the account, because, for example— When you take money out of your 401k and it is in an immediate annuity, you will pay taxes on every cent that comes out because it is a tax-deferred plan. Whereas if you take the money out of your 401k down the road and you want to take a portion of it and buy an immediate annuity, not necessary, but if you need that income, you can do that and a portion of your benefit, a portion of the income you get every month, will be considered return of principal and therefore not taxed, whereas 100% of the distributions from inside your 401k in that immediate annuity will be taxable to you. So the insurance companies are always trying to find a new way to sneak in to this huge, huge retirement Uh, retirement asset base and get some of their money and put it in their pocket so we really just want i think the rule should always be if it's a retirement plan no annuities of any kind. It makes life a lot simpler. Just make it a rule. No exceptions. Eight five five nine three five 935 talk Remember, you can call that number 24-7 and ask questions. Tom
1: and Don are talking real
2: money. A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com.
1: For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money.
2: As a matter of fact, you shouldn't even buy an immediate annuity with money coming out of your 401k. If you really want one of those, you should use other monies that have already been taxed and buy that annuity and then manage your 401k for the best tax outcome possible, which is why so many people need a fee-only advisor to advise them. But we also offer our fee-only advisors to just help you with almost any question you have about money for a a period of time, an hour or so, and it's free. All you have to do is go to vestry.com and set up an appointment. There's no obligation, no high-pressure sales pitch, vestry.com
0: the only registered
2: investment advisor.
4: Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures.
2: As to keep the lawyers happy.